Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. We're going to have a good time today. I've got a new friend with me, David Cubbage, and I I started seeing his uh, name pop up on Facebook some time ago. Uh, we're Facebook friends. I love his posts and his comments and things. I probably love them because they're always complimentary to me. But you know, we seem to we seem to be on the same wavelength. We like to listen to the same people and read the same books. And David lives in Colorado. He's a certified welding inspector. And without going much more into his detail, I, I'm going to let him do that. But say hello and welcome to David Cubby. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate the invitation being here. It's kind of a little bit exciting for me because I haven't been able to have a whole lot of people kind of, you know, get interested in the things that I'm saying and stuff like that. So that's kind of a little bit new to me. So I appreciate the invitation for sure. Well, I think you're going to have a lot more people getting interested because this seems to be just a a worldwide awakening of who we already are and who God has always been. And more and more people are coming to that awakening all the time. David, I'd like to always start out by asking my guest, we'll go into your background a little bit, but asking, how has your understanding of God's unconditional love and grace and inclusion, how has that affected your relationships, the people that you work with in your in your welding inspection business, with your family, your neighbors, where the rubber hits the road? How's that affected things? The biggest one would be my family, because that's the people that you associate your time with the most, I would say. Well, I spend the most of my awake hours with people I work with, but the biggest impact as far as relationships goes has been with my family and all kinds to illustrate it like this. I grew up Pentecostal. And what I was alluding to before, I do have a testimony on Facebook, Facebook video. I invite anybody that would like to, to watch that. And I'll try to attach that to something here in the near future so you guys can find that. But to try to keep that in perspective, uh, I grew up Pentecostal and not that there's anything wrong with the Pentecostal church at all, but I was kind of taught of a God that was distant, that was up in the heaven, sitting on a throne, looking down upon everybody. And he was an angry, vengeful, wrathful God at any time that you were not focusing 100% of your thoughts and love and worship towards him. There were times when I would sit down and watch a baseball game and that whole entire three hours of watching a baseball game, I might not have thought of God once. And, you know, there was a time in my life where I thought that I was wrong for that. But now I kind of realize that he's living inside of me and he's experiencing that baseball game through my eyes and enjoying it simply because I am. I didn't think of it that way in the past. Uh, I also had an issue, this thought process of you have to become good enough. You have to be face to face with God. You have to live in accordance with his law and constantly, consistently prove your belief in order to be in good grace with him and be walking that straight and narrow path. And I have family members that don't do that, that don't want anything to do with God whatsoever, simply because they've been taught that same exact thing. And they 
been feel like they've been neglected or rejected from God. So I had to unlearn a lot of things that I was taught growing up in order to actually experience and live inside what it is to be fully included and to know that those loved ones that hate the idea that there would be a God that exists that created the world, that they are also included just as much as I am. And so I could see people, instead of having fear about whether they're going to heaven or hell or uh, their eternal destination, instead of having any fear of any of that anymore, it's I see them how I believe now, how God sees them, which is the same way he sees me. I'm not earning anything. There's such a thing as grace and grace is unmerited favor. You have favor upon you without earning it through your belief or anything like that. And that to me is what absolute unconditional love is. Well, that's very well said, and it's exactly right. So it changes how you see people, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Absolutely. You're seeing it through a different lens. And it's not just people. It's seeing seeing Scripture, reading the Bible. And I've read many things that I would just breeze through, and I would feel good because, yes, this has everything to do with me because I've taken an active choice to believe. But I feel sorrow for those who haven't taken the choice to believe because they don't get to experience all these heavenly blessings. But now I see it completely different. It's a completely different lens. I read that as if this is all included for everybody. And so that's the miracle. There, there are so many verses within the Bible that I share all the time. One of my favorites is 2 Corinthians 5.19. And God was reconciling the entire cosmos. It says the world, and that's in, in the Greek, it's cosmos. It's spelled with a K, K-O-S-M-O-S. He's reconciling the entire world, everything that ever existed inside of Christ. And how I illustrate that the best is... If you see a blade of grass blowing in the wind, that blade of grass is in Christ. That wind is in Christ. And that's relationship happening right in front of us. Well, that's beautiful. Now, how did this happen for you? You've got to, I know, because I've read your bio here, but I'd like you to tell people, how did this all come about, the change in your life? I'll go back as far as I can on this. I was on a job in Indiana. And like you said, I'm a certified welding inspector. I was in the military for 10 years prior to that. And this was kind of new in my career as a welding inspector. And I was on a job in Indiana. My father was my boss at that job. And my stepmother was there. And she was sitting in the office and she was reading a book. And you know, I wasn't paying any attention. But when she closed the last cover of that book, the final cover, and she was done with it. She put her head down and she started to pray. And I'm watching this and I'm paying attention. I'm you know, kind of wondering what's going on here. And as soon as she was finished praying, she lifted her face up and I saw tears running down her cheeks. And I asked her, I said, Angie, that book affected you. I want to know what that is. What's going on? And she said, David, have you ever heard of the book called The Shack? I said, no, ma'am. And that day, she said, you need to go get it. I said, okay, no problem. And that day, I went to Walmart, and sure enough, it was there on the shelves. It was one of the highest-selling books there was, not just Christian books. It was one of the highest-selling books there was at the time. So I bought it, and it takes me a long time to read something, but this was something that just grabbed my attention right away. And I read through that in a couple of days, and it really shook me to the core. It wrecked me. But initially, my first read through it, I still had some issues with it. And my issues were how, even though this man went through great tragedy, how was he lucky enough to be able to spend time with God like this in a physical sense? I will never be able to experience that. So. Took a couple of years. I was wrestling with that, still, you know, trying to figure everything out within that. And uh, I had a youth pastor growing up, 
And I ended up living with him my senior year in high school. And I got really close to him. And he's a mentor of mine even now to this day. His name is Jimmy Pruitt. You can find him on Facebook. He's a lead pastor in Texas somewhere now. But anyhow, he was speaking about grace and some things on Facebook. And I went in there and replied. And he said, David, do you remember that we had this core group and we went through some of these things? And I said, oh, yeah, I kind of do. You know, I kind of do remember that a little bit. He said, well, I'm digging back into this. But to be honest with you, I think you need to start talking to a man named Andrew Mack. He might help you out with some things. I said, okay, yeah, no problem. So I invited Andrew Mack to be my friend. He was a complete stranger. It's the first time I had ever done that on Facebook because everybody who was my Facebook friends at the time were people I literally knew. Well, this man I didn't know. So I invited him to be my friend. Immediately he accepted. And that day he started sending me a, uh, I get a little emotional about this stuff. He started sending me uh, some messages and uh, instant messages on the messenger on Facebook. And I still have that conversation saved on my Facebook messenger. And to this day, I go through at least two or three times a year to just remind myself of that conversation. And some of the things that stuck out to me is, is I told him, I said, man, I said, I would love to have Jesus sit on the couch with me, eating a bowl of popcorn and watching a movie together. That's the kind of experience that I want to have with him. And I don't feel like I have that. So he said, well, have you ever watched a movie with anybody else before? And I said, yes, sir, I have. And he says, well, then you've done it with Jesus because they have Christ in them. He says, have you ever watched a movie by yourself before? Yes, sir, I have. Then you've done it with Jesus. You've got to see that you have Christ in you at all times. There's no way you can kick them out. You're spending time with them with everything that you do. And that rocked my world because I thought God wasn't anywhere around me. I thought he was distant and I had to find myself a way to get to him to become an audience of his. Does that make sense? So that conversation really opened me up and started getting me to dig into things. And then to take this a little bit further, I put a Facebook post on there maybe about a month later. Hey, what books are people reading? I didn't expect him to answer, but he answered. He said, The Great Dance by C. Baxter Kruger. I had never heard of him before. So immediately I went on my Kindle and I purchased a book and I started reading that. And that took me about a year to read because I took my time with it. I I was researching things within it. And that book literally changed my life completely. More than The Shack did because The Shack was the story, but it was a fictional story. And I told you about the issues that I had with it. But The Great Dance really woke me up and started to let me understand that everybody in the cosmos is fully, absolutely included in the Trinitarian love of God. And I haven't been the same ever since at all. That happened to me, too, very similar. I started out reading a book that uh, I got in the mail that didn't have any return address on it and came to our church office, and I don't know who sent it or why, but I started reading it. It was called The Rest of the Gospel, and that led me to Steve McVeigh and Grace Walk, and he led me to Baxter Kruger. And the first book that I'd read and some of Steve's books, I started teaching in our small group here in Lawrence, Kansas, that meets on Sunday night. And I would teach it, and everybody got a copy of the book, and we'd go through a chapter a night on that. And so, you know, if a book had 15 chapters, you know, 15 weeks, we'd go through it. Well, when I started doing that with Baxter Kruger's books— and the one you mentioned was was one of them. I don't know if that was, I think the first one of his that I did was uh, The Dancing God. But at any rate, 
we would do those on Sunday night, and sometimes we wouldn't get through a paragraph. I mean, it, you, you said it took you two years. We would, you know, and there were eight or ten of us there, and we'd all read the chapter the week before. But we got we'd talk about that stuff, and it was so deep, and it was so new, and so fresh, and so uh, new and fresh, but two thousand years old, and uh, it blew our minds. I'm so grateful for those books and those people and the fact that we can connect with them now. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, I purchase books on Kindle. That way I just have it right there in my pocket. I pull it out on my phone and start reading through some things and studying stuff when I get the opportunity. And there are so many I have on the carousel there that I've purchased that I just haven't had time to, to crack open that I really, really want to. But I love it when I see and I scroll through Facebook because it's a great community, in my opinion. And I love that connection when I see other people introducing a book that they're in the middle of and, and things that are kind of shaking their world and, and all that. And I love that. And I get excited about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go read this. But <laughs> sometimes it's really hard to have that opportunity. But if I could recommend anything, I would definitely take the path that I took. And mine was accidental. I didn't know what path or what journey I was on. But if anybody's interested in this, I mean, I would definitely start with, even if you have to watch the movies, The Shack. That could kind of, I mean, it really, there are so many scenes just that are on YouTube that you can share on Facebook that just people haven't thought of things in, in these terms. And if you look at it from a humanistic perspective, somebody's going through things that we go through in life, and this is what God's feelings are about it. And here's the backup to it, biblical scripture that would back this up, that would support that God does truly love you in this way. And there's no way that I could ever go back to thinking that God is separated from me and I have to earn my way. I don't have the words to describe it. You know, I try because I work with words, but uh, words escape me when I really try to convey that understanding and the experience of watching the ball game with Jesus. I think he only likes the Royals, so I'm not sure he likes the Rockies, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that could be true. Uh, yeah, uh, he's always been with us, and you know, sometimes I'll think back and uh, to something that. I didn't do very well, or I've totally made a mess of it. And I'll just say, Jesus, tell me what you want me to know about that. And, and he always says, I was there with you. I was right there with you in the midst of that. I'm not condemning you. I never did. I'm not shaming you. I was there. I went through that with you. Boy, what a difference that makes. Oh, yeah. There, there's no doubt about that. I've talked to my mom about you know my lens change and stuff like that. And she grew up. She was the one that raised me in this Pentecostal church and all. And it took me three years to actually, and I wasn't trying to convince her or use these tactics or anything like that, but it took me three years to really just unwrap these things with her. And I was looking for somebody to have that conversation with, to, to be able to dialogue with with somebody that knows my heart inside and out. And thankfully, I have that now with her um, these past couple of years. But she had a very hard time because she was holding on to a lot of the things that we were taught, just like I was. But for me, it was, I remember that same job in Indiana. I was on the phone with my mother and I set my phone down. I had her on speakerphone. I set it down on a piece of pipe and I myself had tears running down my cheeks. And I was in the midst of a bunch of grown men welding on pipe and I'm standing in the middle of them at work. 
And I throw my hands up and I look up at God as if he was distant somewhere. He wasn't within me. And I said, where are you at? And I ended it with, sir. And I looked at it like, why aren't you here? And this is right after I read the shack. And again, I was, this is not fair to me. Why does the character Mac in this fictional story get to experience God in this way? And I'm craving this. I'm begging for this and I don't get to have it. What I didn't see is I always was having that. It was all around me. It was all a part of me. And I didn't see that whatsoever. I was always taught, oh yeah, God loves you unconditionally, but you have to believe it. Right. And don't get me wrong. I do definitely agree. I'm a very sensitive person to the way people talk to one another. And when you put a tangent on something, when you say, but you have to believe that just made the unconditional conditional. That just made the unmerited merited. So basically what you're doing is you're saying you have to believe in order to receive, in order to be good enough to be able to accomplish what God wants for you or to be able to be loved, lovable, to be good enough for him. And that doesn't make sense to me at all. So here's what belief is to me. Belief is faith. And believing is actually stripping away the veil and seeing who you are, your true identity, that you were born very good, that you were holy and blameless in his sight before he even created the world. Ephesians 1, 4, all of these things that have been stripped away from us. When Jesus is in the garden after Adam and Eve sinned, they're hiding in the bushes, right? He goes up to him and he asks them, where are you guys at? And he knew where they were and he sees them and he approaches them and he says, who told you that you were naked? That's the identity of who we are. We aren't these people that are naked. We look at ourselves as dirty, rotten, no good. and We have to become good enough. We aren't. Who told us that? Who's lying to us? And to be honest with you, if we believe in this adversary, right, Satan, if we believe in this, who do we think that this adversary would attack the most? It's the people that believe in God. And he's going to change and he's going to mess with their mind and he's going to make them think, I had to earn this. So everything I read in the Bible, all these glorious things, yes, that is of me and that's a part of me because I've earned it. And I have to get my brother who I love so much to become good enough for that too. And that's just not the gospel. That's not good news to me whatsoever. No, it's not. And whatever or however you think of what the devil is or evil or Satan, it or he or whatever, does not want us to know how good God is, who we are, who we've always been, and who everybody else is. And that's the great deception. David, I can't believe—this is really quick. Our time has gone by so quickly. We're going to need to finish this episode here in a minute. Hopefully, uh, if you have time, if not now, but another time, we can do another episode and uh, go a little further into your story. Yeah, no problem at all. I, I very much enjoyed this. Good. Well, before we end, tell people how they can connect with you, how they can, where they can find you, and how they can get a hold of you. Mainly on Facebook, to be honest with you. All the rest of the social media stuff, I'm really not familiar with too much. So Facebook, it's it's David Cubbage, D-A-B-I-D, and then Cubbage is C-U-B-B-E-D-G-E. So cub with two B's and an edge. You guys can find me there uh, by all means. Um, I have no problem with anybody inviting me to be a friend or anything like that. I'm, I'm not scared of that anymore. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's probably the biggest way to do that. Great. Well, I, I encourage everybody to do that because I sure enjoy your post and your uh very relatable and uh, uh, share just wonderful things. It's obvious uh, your heart uh, for 
uh, God and for other people. And so I hope people will connect with you. And thank you for being on this time. And uh, we'll do another one. But thanks very much, David. I appreciate you, sir. I love you very much. You too. And thanks, everybody, for watching another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.